hey yo welcome back welcome back yes i know you all miss my sweet voice talking to you all today on this wonderful october 9th giving you this wonderful information about my opinion on what i believe and what i'm talking about oh yeah hold on wait wait let me ask you all a question are you all excited for halloween this year Oh yeah, I'm so excited for Halloween this year. Hey, Serena, where where the heck did you come from? Uh, I was behind you the whole time you was talking. Oh, really? Mm, I didn't notice you there. Hold on, you idiots! Huh? Coco, why are you talking like a human? You're a dog. That's none of your business. Now, shh, while I say something to the other humans. Hello, fellow humans. Welcome to my master's podcast. I would just like to say, have a wonderful break and give my master a good braid on this podcast or whatever this thing I'm speaking on. And, um, uh, it was nice meeting you, humans. Now see you later. And know that I am done, Coco of all Mexico. Well, that was very unexpected. Sorry for my dog, you guys. He thinks he runs everything. <clears throat> Anyways, back to where we're, what we're going to be talking about today. Today on Learning Events with Sierra, I'll be teaching you a deep detail about the judicial branch and what it has to do with virtue versus freedom. I'll also be talking about if the judicial branch is fair and equal for all citizens in my opinion on and my opinion on that matter. Furthermore, do you think the judicial branch is the weakest branch? What do you think the judicial branch has power over? Who will win the battle? The judicial restraints or the judicial activism. See you after the break. Hey y'all, welcome back from the short break. Did you miss me? Oh, really? Well, forget you two then. Anyways, first, let me answer the question where I said, do you think the judicial branch is the weakest branch? While you think about your answer, here is mine. I believe that the judicial branch is the weakest branch because their decision can easily be overruled by the other branches, and they don't really have a say in anything if you really think about it. An example is the Worcester and versus Georgia. Their rule got completely ignored by the other branches. So, do you really agree with me or not? I mean, if not, I really don't care because it's my opinion. Nah, nah. <laughs> also, if you want to know more details about the Worcester versus Georgia case, look at the link here. Anyways, people, chop chop. Let's talk about the judicial activism and judicial restraints. But first, I'll start with the judicial activism. Judicial activism is the belief that the role of the of a justice is to defend individual rights and liberties, even those not explicitly stated in the Constitution. What I mean by this is that the judicial activism role is to judge or fight 
for the people's rights. In my opinion, this is an example of freedom because the judicial activism protects the rights and create laws for the people. Judicial activism is basically executive branch is basically the executive branch if you really think about it. You will call them guardians of the people as a nickname. I mean it is a nice nickname. I would call them that. <laughs> Now, do you know what the judicial strengths strengths are? I mean, judicial activism strengths are? You don't? <laughs> oh man, that is funny. Hold on, hold on, chill, 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 chill out, chill out. Okay, okay, chill out, please. Please don't get mad at me for laughing at you. I I know you probably know the strengths of the judicial activism. I'm just saying, I'm just joking. Chill out, chill out, okay. Okay, you probably do know their strengths, but I'll tell you anyways. Judicial activism can come up with new ideas, protect the rights of the people, give the court the ability to be more active in checks and balances, allow personal jurisdiction, and empower jurisdiction. That being said, I believe that the top three strengths are empower jurisdiction, protect the rights of the people, and come up with new ideas. The reason I believe these are the top three strengths is because they overall have helped the citizens. However, judicial activism does have weaknesses. Even though you probably already know these weaknesses, I'm not going to make you mad again and laugh at you because, yeah, I don't need that type of anger on my case. <laughs> oh, no, I just laughed. Oops. Uh, I'm not laughing at you, though. Chill out, chill out, chill out. Okay, let me, t- let me tell you the weaknesses. Chill out. Even though you probably already know them, I'll let the other people know them. Know them. Capiche? Anyways, the judicial action weaknesses interferes with the independence of legislation and is highly prone to being biased. The interference with independence of legislation says two things. One is that this shows a separation of power between the branches of government. And the second thing is that being that this shows that there are weaker compared to the other branches meaning that they don't really have a say in anything unless the other branches say it's okay this sounds like the judicial branch doesn't it but i mean the judicial branch is a part of the judicial restraint so i don't see how that works but yeah that's what i see but I mean, since they don't really say, have a say, it's shut down by the other branches, so too bad for them. But speaking about judicial restraints, let's talk about that. Are you ready to learn about their strengths and weaknesses? I mean, you probably already know them anyway, so just forget it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm going to talk about them for the people that don't know. But first, let me tell you what the judicial restraints are. The judicial restraints is the belief that the role of the justice is to differ decisions to the elected branches of government and to stay focused on a narrower, narrower interception of the Bill of Rights. To put this in a simpler term, 
It means they don't solve social, economic, or political problems. They just intercept laws and make them. Which is exactly what the judicial and legislative branch do. Furthermore, let's talk about those strengths and weaknesses. The judicial restraint strengths are to have a consistent court throughout the year and follow democratic processes left by the founding fathers. The weaknesses of judicial restraints is that that it is limited to the government protection of the Constitution, limited to the power of the court, and it takes longer for policy reforms. That being said, I'll say that judicial restraints are on the side of virtue. Why do I say this, you ask? Well, that's very simple. It's because judicial restraints is judging everyone's power and deciding whether it's right or wrong thing to pass. This goes without saying that judicial restraints is indeed virtue, while judicial activism is freedom. Let me prove by some background evidence that has to do with judicial restraints. You remember the Affordable Care Act case? Or... You probably know it as Obamacare. If not, here's a link to it to have more details about it. But I'll also explain to you what it is with my very big brain. It says here in my brain column that children can stay on their parents' health care plan until the age of 26, where no one who is sick or has a medical condition can be denied insurance. In short, it's a long overhaul of the United States healthcare, where they raise taxes to give healthcare to others. That being said, the judicial restraints decide that the educative agencies should not be given freedom to create laws. Because I mean, I know you pay taxes. Well, well, some of you probably don't really pay taxes, but the adults do. And it can be a drag where it has where you get your check and it says negative a hundred for taxes. Like it's very annoying. I, I know it's very annoying because I just I picture myself having taxes and yeah, it's just very annoying to get a check and it to be deducted. And it, but I mean you're helping people, so I guess it is a benefit. But I still still don't like taxes. I mean who likes taxes? Please let me know somebody who likes taxes. But, I mean, the reason the judicial restraints uh, said this is because they don't want to give the executive branch too much power. Their goal is to make everything balanced and equal. This is basically checks and balances that I talked about in my first podcast, if you remember correctly. But, yeah, the judicial restraints wants to do everything the founding fathers wrote in the documents. However, they have to update what is in those documents because, you know, time is changing and things aren't like back in the day, so they have to update it. But they do their best to make it, you know, try to make it in our generation. But honestly, I don't see how they do it. If they want it to be the same as the founding fathers had, I, I really don't know. They do their best, though. That's what I like about the government. But they always ask this one question. What did the founding fathers want? 
that is how they come up with the laws and regulations and find out that if they should pass the law or not. But moving on from that, now that we know about judicial restraints, let's get back to talking about judicial activism and provide some textual evidence for that. Judicial activism is an example of Texas versus Johnson. Now, if you don't know what happened in this case, you have to be crazy because I know all of you, even me, is all about saying whatever you want to say without being punished for it. Well, really, you don't know. Well, for those of you that don't know what this case is, I shall inform thou. Are you ready? So, in this case, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Johnson and agreed that the symbol of speech, no matter how offensive it may be to someone, is protected by the First Amendment. Hip, hip, hooray! Well, 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 isn't that great? You get to curse the prison out without going to jail. Oh, I mean, we all know what prisoner you're going to curse out right now. But, but, I'm not going to say their name. That's, that's your opinion, not mine. <laughs> Moving on from that conversation. To show our freedom of speech, we burned the United States flag to show it is a political protest. Me, I find it's crazy that we burned the United States flag to show that, but... I mean, it does sound fun to burn it, but I mean, yeah, because I'm weird like that. But I mean, I guess I'm crazy as well, and that makes me an American. <laughs> I guess us Americans are crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Anyways, as you can clearly see, this has to do with freedom and is an example of judicial activism. I mean, if you're still just like sitting there and daydreaming and not listening to me talk to you, you're you're gonna make me cry. Okay, okay, let me stop playing. But seriously, if you seriously don't know how these two go together, I'll explain how. Very simple. Judicial activism protect the people's rights. And the example of the case shows freedom of speech. See? See? These two go together completely, and there's no doubt about it. On the topic of freedom versus virtue, of course, on my last podcast you listened to, I was all about virtue. But now, on this subject, it's a different story. Why is it a different story, you ask? Well, I mean, you know, I'm a citizen of the United States, and it's nice to say anything you want without being punished for it. Like, who wouldn't? We have a lot of freedom. That's what I like about living in the United States. However, I like how they don't pass certain laws and regulations, because some laws that are made give us too much power, well, give the government too much power, and they give us too much freedom. That's what I like about the government as well. Also, the fact that I still believe people cannot be trusted with too much freedom. But, I guess a little bit is fine. That's why we have judicial restraints to inspect and look at those laws being made to make sure they're just and not unjust for the people. 
In conclusion to my long and special podcast, I strongly believe that the judicial branch is the weakest branch, but I like how the government does their best to make everything fair and equal as possible. Moreover, the judicial activism versus judicial restraints, I'll say for this tough battle, judicial activism wins most definitely. The reason being that, come on now, come on now, people, come on. Freedom of speech? Now, that's a keeper. If we didn't have freedom of speech, I think everyone in the world would be in jail right now. But I mean, that's only if they inspect everybody's social media and lock everybody up. Uh, But I, I don't think they have the time for that or have the room for that because it's too many people on earth for that. So, yeah. But I mean, yeah, everybody would be in jail. I mean, and then, I know that the judicial restraints do have a good argument, but overall, the judicial activism beat them with no problem. I do hope the government comes up with a plan for this year, because the way things are going right now for the United States citizens, because y'all, this virtual stuff, wearing masks, staying away from people, isn't for me, and I know I'm not the only one here that agrees. Now, I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I hope you all enjoy my podcast, and please give me a B or A, please no Fs or Ds, because I really worked hard on this podcast. I want to wish you all a lovely day. This was Learning Events with Sierra.